You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, we will be discussing all things sleep, sleep hygiene, and sleep 101. This is such a critically important topic and one that tends to evoke a lot of emotion out of people because when you are struggling with your sleep or sleep is not available to you the way that you want it to be, especially as we age, it is, for me personally, probably the most upsetting thing out there. Uh, If I don't get good sleep for about two nights in a row, I turn into an absolutely crazy person. I cry constantly and I throw up. So I get it. And I know there's those of you out there who haven't slept in years, and my heart goes out to you. So I hope that the information I share today can be of some help. Although I can't solve all of the problems on a podcast, I will try to introduce some concepts that you might find helpful. I hope. That is my intention. Uh, Sleep is an absolute non-negotiable, and I'm going to give you some reasons why in a minute, because without it, you can't fix anything. And I say that from lots of experience. You know, I was in practice, clinical practice for well over a decade. Prior to that, I was in medicine for 20 years. So I've been in medicine, in and around medicine for a good 30 plus years. And most of that was in the naturopathic medicine space, the alternative medicine space, if you will. So I get it and it's miserable and it's complicated. It's, I wish it were easier, but I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible and give you some big tips, some big overarching tips that will help no matter what. Have you ever looked at how much sugar is in most food bars today? Many of the popular brands have more sugar than most candy bars, and they're sold as health foods. Another ingredient most folks don't consider are the nasty artificial sweeteners or sugar alcohols used to sweeten them, all of which can wreck digestion. While I wasn't keen on food bars for a long time, last year I got turned on to Paleo Valley Superfood Bars. Paleo Valley Superfood Bars are made with 100% grass-fed bone broth protein, and they're full of collagen, which supports digestion and makes joints happy. Plus, they're sweetened with just a touch of monk fruit extract. They're gluten-free, GMO-free, sugar-free, and dairy-free, but also loaded with superfoods. Paleo Valley Superfood Bars come in a variety of delicious flavors and the dark chocolate are easily my favorite dessert snack. Listeners of the Dr. Tina Show can save 15% off right now by heading to paleovalley.com forward slash Dr. Tina. Be sure to use that specific link, which you can also find in the show notes and the discount will be automatically applied. Right now for fall, they even have a pumpkin spice bar that's outstanding. Head to paleovalley.com forward slash Dr. Tina and save 15% off now. Are you magnesium deficient? 75% of people are. Lack of adequate levels of an essential mineral like magnesium is going to impact several systems as hundreds of biochemical reactions in the body are magnesium dependent. Magnesium really is one supplement that I believe to be a non-negotiable when it comes to my daily supplement stack. So how can you tell if you're magnesium deficient? Are you irritable or anxious? Do you struggle with insomnia? Do you experience muscle cramps or twitches? Do you have high blood pressure? Are you sometimes constipated? There are dozens of symptoms of magnesium deficiency. These are just a few examples. And while most magnesium products only contain one or two forms of magnesium, I found a blend that contains seven different forms of the mineral. It's called Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers, and I take it every day. Magnesium Breakthrough helps improve my digestion, supports my muscle recovery, and supports healthy bone density. Simplify your life and your routine with this all-natural, full-spectrum magnesium supplement. Head to bioptimizers.com forward slash Dr. Tina and use promo code 
Dr. Tina during checkout to save 10% on your order. In addition to the 10% off you'll get with my link, you can get free gifts with purchase up to two travel size bottles of magnesium breakthrough. But act fast, this is a limited time offer. Link is in the show notes, you know what to do. The first thing I will say, is don't get emotionally upset about anything that I say in here. I know it can, again, it can be frustrating. I'm just gonna give you facts like I do. I drop the I drop the fact bombs, the truth bombs, and that's why you love me or hate me, but that's what we're doing here today. So truth number one, if you're not exercising every day, if you're not getting regular movement, if you're not exhausting and off-gassing some of that energy in your body every single day, then you don't get to complain about your sleep being off period. And I have said this before, and it has evoked rage in some of my patients. I've gotten nasty emails. I've gotten nasty DMs. People don't like me talking about that, but it's the truth. And I want you to think of it this way. I have a puppy. He's seven months old. He absolutely acts like a lunatic if he doesn't get enough exercise during the day. And then he doesn't sleep well and he's up all night. Like last night, he was up all night long because I didn't wear him out well enough yesterday. Think about our children, right? Now I know as they get older, they tend to get more sedentary, but little kids need to be run ragged or they misbehave, they climb the walls and they act crazy and they don't wanna sleep. So we need to wear ourselves out as well. And I will say, same goes for my husband, right? He's He reminds me of like, an ornery eight-year-old sometimes. If he doesn't physically get worn out during the day, he is so much harder to deal with. (laughs) So I tell you, ladies, send your men out to work hard during the day uh, if you can. If he goes out on the farm and he comes back dirty like pig pen from the peanuts, you know, just covered in dirt, he's so happy and calm. He takes a shower, he falls right to sleep, everything's great. And so I say that because that's just ground rules, okay? You have to introduce exercise and movement into your day every single day, or we can't even have this discussion. If those need, if that need is not being met, then this is a, the whole thing is a moot point. It, forget the supplements, forget everything else. Just go move every day, work up a little bit of a sweat. It could be, you know, a 20, 30 minute walk. It needs to be at least that much though. If you don't get some movement in, I promise you, your sleep is gonna be challenged, especially as you get older. As our hormones shift in the middle age years and into menopause, uh, sleep becomes challenging. And I know this because while I have had some bouts of tremendous stress, like when I was in bankruptcy and I was just starting my practice and I was single and recently divorced, um, I was broke. I didn't sleep for about six months and it was terrible. And I took Ambien and Ambien is a nightmare. That's a topic for another day. Do not get hooked on Ambien. And if you're on Ambien, do everything you can to get off of it. It is such an incredibly dangerous drug. That entire class of drugs is so dangerous and so not good for you. And we have the data to show that people who take those drugs die earlier from all kinds of reasons. Plus they sleepwalk and they don't remember it. And you get retrograde amnesia, meaning you don't remember what happened, what came before. Uh, you do things in real time without knowing they're happening. It's a very dangerous drug on the brain. So I'll leave it at that. Anyway, I took some Ambien for a short period of time and uh, then I realized I can't take Ambien and be a single mom and you know, take care of my daughter. What if something happens in the middle of the night? I don't need to be on medication. So got rid of that very quickly. And my mentor was not keen to prescribe it to me when he gave it to me. He only gave me, you know, a, a couple dozen pills. And he said, this is it. Get your, get your shit together, lady. Get, you know, get it handled. Get, 
your exercise going, just like I told you guys just now, get your stress under control. The other thing that's critically important is our stress levels. If our stress levels are off the charts, we will obviously have trouble sleeping. And that can be as simple as eating the right foods in the evening. You know, I really love dairy for that reason. Dairy has some very great calming mechanisms about it. So some cut up apples and a good, you know, sharp cheddar cheese might be a good snack. Some protein might be the trick. The apple gives you a little bit of carbohydrate. So a hard boiled egg and an apple and some cheese is one of my favorite nighttime snacks. You can try out what you want. I've had patients tell me that they ate a little bit of baked potato before bed and it was very helpful. Others swear strictly by protein. Others say they need a little more fat. And so something to consider there because your blood sugars might be doing a funny thing in the night. And that might have little to do with your actual blood sugar regulation and more to do with your stress. That's the reason I mention it. It might have everything to do with your cortisol. And then lastly, we'll get into this at the end, is supporting your adrenal glands during the day can actually oftentimes help that sleeplessness waking in the middle of the night type of cycle. And there's Chinese medicine. There's a Chinese medicine clock that puts your, the characteristic times that people wake up tend to be liver time, lung time. You know, it, it really depends. It's, it's in that like two to 5 a.m. window that people can sometimes wake up. And then there's actual sleep disruption patterns in the brain that can be a problem. And there's a whole host of things that can upset your sleep, like drinking coffee afternoon, 12 noon is my cutoff for coffee and we're right about there. So this is my last bit. This is a mushroom coffee. I'm not gonna drink all of it because it will upset my sleep later. You might be a fast caffeine metabolizer. You might be a slow caffeine metabolizer. So these are all factors to consider, right? Um, And you might be having estrogen, progesterone, disruption, testosterone. I've seen men have hot flashes. I mean, I've seen all kinds of things that disrupt sleep. So that's why I'm saying this is a very complicated topic. All right, so we, we've got that part. Exercise, control your stress, turn your lights down in the evening, start winding down the light in your house around the time that the sun is setting. So you want things to just start to get dark slowly and consistently. This will really help if you have children and pets, by the way, because they inherently need to have their light clock wound down, just like we do. We just ignore it and push through it. But they really are more sensitive and they're the signal, right? If my dog goes to bed, it's time to go to bed. If puppy goes to bed, (laughs) if he puts himself to bed in the bedroom, I'm like, oh, it's time for all of us to go to bed. So these are signals I want you to start paying attention to. One of them is a big one is light. Getting your light set in the morning is critical. So waking up and getting bright lights in your eyes in the morning is important. Um, I like to do actually overhead lights in the morning and during the earlier part of the day because it signals receptors in the bottom part of your eye, which help tell your brain that it's daylight and you should be awake. So that's important to get the right neurochemicals to drop. And then I will also use red light in the morning, really bright, right on me, big big red light lamp right on me while I'm drinking coffee and waking up. I go outside very quickly and I have to take my dogs out. So I go outside a couple times in the morning and get as much daylight as I can. Even if it's raining here in Oregon, I get light. But I'll tell you, I was just in Hawaii and it was a whole different game. We were 
in a condo that was facing east. And so the sun would come up in the morning right on into our condo. And I sat there every morning, the sun rose around 7 a.m. and I drank my coffee with direct sunlight on my body, on the patio and on the lanai. And it was heaven. And then I would ask my husband to go for a walk with me soon after. We, you know, we'd use the restroom, get all that ready and then uh, go for a walk outside. And it just was a complete game changer. I felt so good and it feels so good to have the sun hitting your skin. So if you're lucky enough to live somewhere that's sunny and you're not going out in the morning, you are missing a massively great biohack and you're definitely not doing your sleep any favors. So setting your daylight during the day, your circadian rhythm, my husband calls it the Targaryen rhythm. You can adopt that if you want. That's our inside joke because he makes up words for everything. (laughs) So that's one of them. Um, If you set your Targaryen rhythm in the morning you're going to have much better sleep cycles at night. So make sure that you are taking full advantage of daylight hours. If my sleep starts getting off, one of the first things I think about is, have I gotten outside today? And if I haven't gotten outside, then what am I even doing, right? Like I could even get exercise during the day. But if I'm doing it in my dark house and it's raining out, and it's I mean, it sometimes gets so gray here in Oregon that you're, you don't know what time of day it is. It's just dark and gray. And I really notice when I don't get outside in the morning and get enough daylight hours on me outside. And I know the only skin that's exposed in those cases might be my hands and my face or just my face. And that sucks. So again, if you live in sunny climates, get your skin exposed early in the morning. You'll drop weight. You'll feel awesome. Your sleep will improve. So many good things. But I at least have to get it in my eyes. That's critical. So no sunglasses here. You got to get some daylight in your eyes. We're not staring at the sun. We're not going to burn our eyeballs. Don't be stupid. But you know, get get eye, get light in your eyes and horizon gaze. So I look to the horizon. I don't stare at the sun. And then another great hack is to get out in that afternoon, that later afternoon daylight as the sun's going down, not necessarily setting, although watching sunset is awesome for you as well. But as the light is going down, you want to really, if I can't get out in the morning or my morning is crazy or it's just so rainy and horrible in the morning, it does tend to clear up where I live right around that perfect, I call it like the magic hour. It's right around 3.30, 3.34. Well, now that's when the sun's setting. it's winter and it sucks, but I will make sure to get out there and get that beautiful afternoon waning sun in my eyes. And it just really, really helps my sleep significantly. So we're not having caffeine after 12 noon. We're getting our daylight in in our eyeballs, at least in the morning, if not on our skin, we're watching that later afternoon, sun waning, sun setting, and we are definitely getting some movement in our day. If you just do those few things, your life will change. I promise. Just start there. Don't worry about anything else. Everyone's like, oh, get the blue light blocking glasses and get the red lights and get all these gizmos. And well, I think all that stuff is amazing and I use them. I do think, uh, you know, even just a small red light panel, I'll put my favorite red light affiliate link for you guys to save in the show notes. I really love this little, I have so many different red lights that I've gotten from different companies and I just love my little portable one the most. It's just the most user-friendly. I put it on a wound to heal it. I put it on a joint that hurts or a muscle that aches. I'll put it, it's what I prop up on the couch in the morning to get some good, you know, red light. It's just such a, it's a good price and it's a, just a really user-friendly product. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. You don't need a big fancy red light. Yes, full red light exposure on your body is awesome and your skin drinks it up and it's all cool. But I do think that the that can be cost prohibitive and bulky. And I just, 
I want you guys to have something. So if you're really interested, a small red light panel, I, I just will tell you, I have so many different size ones and that's the one I use the most. So full disclosure. Um, another thing I use a lot is my aura ring and I'm not, I'll, I can also put my affiliate link in there for you too on the show notes. I don't really use this for all that it can do. It can do so many cool things, but it tells me my sleep and that's what I'm tracking with it. So it really gives me great insight on my sleep. And that's been phenomenal to see. I can see what food affects me. I can see how alcohol affects me. I can see how stress affects me. I can see all kinds of things in my sleep. It's reflected in my sleep that night. And it's been really a, a, a very helpful tool for me. And it gives you heart rate variability, which I think is important to track your stress levels and to see, you know, just overall what your health is like. So couple things to consider there if you aren't interested in gadgets. But the best gadget you can have is just a good raincoat. Have some good outerwear. Have clothes that you can go outside in. And I never really understood how to do this. Maybe I should do a podcast on it. My husband, you know, grew up on this farm and we live in Oregon and he has always worked a bulk of his life outside. He's a he's an electrician, he's a millwright, but he's been in the construction world for so long that he's often working outside or in buildings that aren't on yet. So he's doing the electrical in like apartment complexes and in buildings and police stations that haven't been turned on yet. So there's no heat in the building. And so it might be just as cold inside as it is outside. And he's really taught me the magic of layers and dressing appropriately and how to, you know, the the heat gap, you want to have a gap between you and the tightest layer on you and, or layer in between, you know, it's, he explains it better, but he's really taught me how to dress <laughs> for this weather. So I've lived in Oregon since I was in eighth grade and I hate the winter and I won't go outside. And he's really taught me how to handle going outside. So bless him for that. But a good raincoat, I swear, is your best gadget. Just have some, or a good outerwear coat, you know, whatever it is for your climate, something you can go outside in. That's your best biohack habit because outside is the best biohack better than any gadget you're going to find. We're just creatures of comfort. I mean, there's even data showing that us living in this controlled 74 degree, 72 degree, you know, house that we always have on as humans now is like actually contributing to our metabolic dysfunction. So that cold exposure is also huge. And your ability to handle cold exposure and heat exposure is so critical for your overall, it's very telling of your overall well-being that that morning light exposure that you're getting is sort of hitting a lot of, you know, checking off a lot of boxes, if you will, in my opinion. And then the multiple times you're going to put yourself outside to go for a walk during the day, whether it's at lunch or on your break or you can, everybody can do this. All of you can do this. I know in Calgary, they have like the bridges going across the buildings because it's so freaking cold. So maybe that's the best you can do. The windows definitely are going to lower the lux of light that your eyes are being exposed to, but hey, we got to do what we can do. So at least get yourself moving, get yourself exposed to light, maybe sit in a bright space if you can, whatever, whatever you can do, prioritize it. It will help your sleep, okay? And then when you are sleeping, your bedroom needs to be a cold tomb. Please write this down. Remember this. If you remember nothing else, your bedroom is a cold tomb, meaning blackout curtains, best investment you can make for your bedroom. I personally have invested in a bougie bed with some bougie sheets. <laughs> my, my bed is a luxurious experience at this point, but I couldn't afford that before. So I'm not saying you have to go there, but a great set of blackout curtains will go a long, long way. And then I sleep with an eye mask and earplugs, period. I 
have been sleeping with earplugs since college. And I, I lived in, never in the dorms, but in apartments. I've lived in apartments in downtown cities. I've lived in downtown Portland, downtown San Francisco. I just, I can't handle the noise. I'm just an earplug girl. I study with earplugs. Like I like, I realized later in life that I really like the whole just uh, lack of noise in my head, right? I, I really like not hearing everything. It calms my nervous system down. So I think that having earplugs is, I mean, I, I have them all the time on my person, like they're in my purse. <laughs> I just don't want to hear the outside world sometimes. But earplugs at night for me are non-negotiable. And then an, a good eye mask, and I can put an eye mask, my favorite eye mask, I'll put the link also in the show notes for you, for my affiliate link there. So you can save something on that. But it's just that complete lack of light and sound is going to be very, very helpful for many. And that that in and of itself, just the blackout curtains and then the tips I've given you on just stuff you can do for free can be so, so helpful. Um, pets in the bed or not, that's a discussion that we could have. I sleep better with a dog in my bed, but most people will say, and studies have shown that pets usually will disrupt your sleep. And this can be true. It depends on the pet. It really, you know, I've had some dogs that were the right size and the right kind of cuddler that everything was fine. And they were basically just like a prop for me to put my arm around <laughs> and they were perfect. And then I've had other dogs that are like little Bunsen burners that generate so much heat that they make the whole bed hot and then they lay all over me and I can't move my covers. And so it really depends on the dog or the pet and the their ability to, you know, cohabitate in the sleeping bed. My husband will not allow dogs on the bed, which is fine with me. And I sleep better without them, I've noticed. With But I have him. So I just need something warm breathing next to me. And if you don't have a partner that you like to sleep with, then maybe a dog or a cat is a good alternative. Um, I'm not worried about dogs giving me any kind of uh, disease or flaring my autoimmune disease. I have read so much data. Dogs are really, really wonderful for our microbiomes. Cats, on the other hand, very often will carry toxoplasmosis. Every time I talk about this on social media, people completely lose their minds. And I don't really don't care what you pull up and what you think you're reading. I have never seen a patient who's owned a cat not have toxoplasmosis. So, and I have ran that test thousands of times. So it's just, it's a thing. And in the world that I live in and work in, we know us docs who treat parasites and who treat patients for neuro conditions, the, the toxoplasmosis gets in your brain. So I don't want to go off on a sidetrack here, but that it's real. So I don't like cats in the bed, but that's okay if you do. I No judgment. You, you do you. I've never been big on skincare, but recently started getting more serious as the signs of aging are definitely showing. I've recently started using an incredible skincare line and I'm excited and wanted to share with you. The past few years, my skin has been doing this annoying combo between an allergic prickly heat rash and a perimenopausal rosacea and it drives me nuts. My buddy Andy Nilo owns a skincare line and so I reached out to him for help. Andy is the best dude and he kindly sent me a big box of products to try and let me just say, wow, I am in love with Alatura skincare. Each and every product from Alatura is a game changer for my skin. The products feel amazing and my skin is calm and clear again. Alatura is handcrafted natural skincare. Their mission is simple, to provide customers a skincare wellness experience with products made of superior natural ingredients packed with nutrients, minerals, and natural growth factors. Alatura is the skincare line I've been looking for and it checks all the boxes. It's all natural, cruelty-free, non-toxic, non-GMO, and as organic as possible. 
possible. Listeners of The Dr. Tina Show can now save 20% off your first order by heading to alitura.com. That's A-L-I-T-U-R-A.com. And be sure to use code Dr. Tina at checkout for the discount, or simply click the link in the show notes. You're going to love it. The middle-aged middle is no joke. And so I recently reached out to NutriSense about their subscription program utilizing their biosensor to have a look at what my blood sugar was doing in response to the foods I was eating. I noticed that certain foods eaten at certain times of day along with stress and sleep disruption all caused all kinds of aberrations to my blood sugar. It was very insightful. And after a month long, I have been able to shed some of that fluff on my tummy. When you embark on a one month subscription with NutriSense, you can save $30 by using code DrTina30 at checkout. You're gonna wanna use the link in the show notes to get there and put that coupon code in at checkout. Get yourself a couple months subscription if you can. I think it's gonna give you insightful information that might just change your life. Each subscription comes with access to their expert dietitians who will help you interpret the data on the very cool app that comes along with it. And the information you're gonna glean from this will truly be life-changing. Lastly, your partner. This is a big one and this is a touchy subject. I have broken up with people because of snoring and I will not lie. And I have ended relationships because they were poor sleepers. So if they're a poor sleeper, if they flip all over the bed at night, or if they snore really badly, uh, I'm not doing it. And I have ended relationships with, on multiple occasions, (laughs) because the person was not a sleeper, a good sleeper. And when I met my current husband, man, that guy like sleeps like the dead. And, you know, because he's a manual labor guy, they go to bed at 930 and they wake up with, you know, like before the sun, because they got to go to work at the crack of dawn. And I was so impressed with his ability to sleep that I just thought it was the hottest thing. I was like, oh my God, he's such a good sleeper. So I'm telling you, your partner has a huge impact on your sleep. And If you have to sleep in a separate bed or a separate bedroom, I want you to consider it. I'm not trying to ruin anyone's marriage. I'm not trying to put a barrier between you and I don't want to upset anyone. This has been a, this is a very touchy subject with my patients, but if you are sleeping terribly because of your partner, that is not going to get any better and it's really going to mess you up. I'm going to give you some stats in a minute that might convince you. Figure out a way to sleep better. And your bedroom might have something to do with it too. If you've got mold in your bedroom or you've got something disrupting your sleep, like you've got the Wi-Fi router close to your, if it's in your room, get it out, get computers out. Your bedroom needs to be a sleep sanctuary. That's really the critical, it's critical that your bedroom be a sleep sanctuary. And then get the Wi-Fi router away from your walls of your bedroom. Get it in it like down the hall. Do not have it adjacent to your bedroom wall. Um, that's not good for you at all. And I highly regret not knowing that earlier and probably slept next to a router with just a wall separating me for way too long. Same thing with my daughter. Like it really hurts my heart, but that's the way it is. But I've also seen like, like I said, mold. I've seen mold in one room of a house and you put the person in another room in the same house and they're fine. So there's all kinds of factors here, but work on making your bedroom an oasis and get the television and the computers out of there, get anything that buzzes, put duct tape over any LED lights, get any kind of alarm clock that you have in there out that is LED, uh, manual only, no ticking clocks though, no ticking, nothing, (laughs) no crazy noises. And then if there are noises you can't avoid like an air conditioner or heater or whatnot, 
get earplugs. But sometimes white noise can be very calming. Although I don't know about the data on that because some white noise, while it could seem calming, can actually keep certain parts of the brain awake. So I'm not really sure how I feel about that. I like things to be very quiet. All right. So that is my, that's the best I got on how to just some basic, simple things you can do to improve your sleep. And without getting into like the details of hormones and adrenal function and all of that, I will say some adrenal support during the day can really help with sleep at night. And just, this is just a basic thing to try. If you wake up between three and 5 a.m. and you feel like a tiger's chasing you, I'm gonna bet it's your cortisol. It also could be your blood sugar, but your blood sugar and your cortisol are very intimately entwined. So I'd never separate them. So this is where that snack before bed comes in. You're gonna have to play with what you eat to see what helps you the most. And then secondarily, I always encourage people to purchase a bottle of My Resilience. It's an adrenal support product. Take one in the morning, take one in the afternoon between, which is the 12 hours opposite of when you're waking up. So if you're waking up at three in the morning, try it at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, just one. Try that, just see. That very often will get people's sleep reset and they'll start sleeping better because it's a matter of controlling the cortisol and adrenal response during the day that helps during the night. That's just a very kind of crude way of explaining it, but it's always worth a try. And if you have a favorite adrenal product, try that. Mine has a little bit of glandular in it. It can be a little bit stimulating for folks, but I find that to be just really, really helpful and consistently getting people to sleep through the night. So it's just worth a try. And I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes so you guys can get a discount on my resilience because it's really a phenomenal adrenal support product. So let's quickly talk about why sleep is so important. If I haven't convinced you by now throughout all of my podcasts, maybe this will do it. So let's talk about sleep and weight loss. We overeat when we're sleep deprived. That's just a given. Individuals who increase their sleep duration were able to reduce their caloric intake on one study by an average of 270 calories a day. Now that doesn't seem like a lot of calories and all of weight loss isn't just calories in, calories out, but excess calories do add up. And so that right there, 270 calories a day, especially if you're a smaller, slighter person, that'll add up. There's Another study uh, provided evidence that insufficient sleep enhances the hedonic stimulus process in the brain. This is the stimulus process that GLP-1 agonists, peptides like GLP-1 agonists that I've talked at length about, they actually suppress the hedonic urge. Well, sleep deprivation enhances it. So if you don't get enough sleep, you are going to have a stronger hedonic urge. And that's for everything. That's whether that's food, alcohol, anything habitual, sex, whatever you're going to have a stronger hedonic urge that you're not going to be able to con uh, control as well if you're sleep deprived. And it definitely, incre uh, in insufficient sleep will result in increased food intake in most cases for people. Researchers have also found that when dieters cut back on their sleep over a two-week period, the amount of weight they lost from fat, from the actual fat stores, dropped by 55%. So if you are someone, I'm, I'm getting a lot of messages because I'm right in the middle of launching my Ozempic Done Right University, which is a big deep dive program into how to do these peptides right. And several people have messaged me and said, I can't, I've been on them. I can't lose weight. I, I'm like not losing weight. I really, every single time I hear that, I want to be like, how's your sleep? Because <laughs> this is a huge one. So get this, two-week period, the amount of weight they lost from fat dropped by 55%, even with the calories they were consuming remaining the same. So they didn't change their calories, but they had a diminished fat loss 
of 55%. And it gets even worse here. So participants who slept 8.5 versus 5.5 hours lost 55% less body fat and 60% more fat-free mass. Guess what your fat-free mass is? That's your muscle. So they lost 60% more muscle mass and 55% less body fat just from a few hours difference in sleep. So 8.5 hours versus 5.5 hours. That's nuts, you guys. This is nuts. Like, I don't know why this wasn't front page news, but it's because people don't really have a lot of good tools to help folks with their sleep. So, because like I said, it's, it's pretty complicated. So they also had less favorable changes in metabolic hormone levels and substrate and energy use. So... I go a little, it goes a little bit deeper here. Despite a loss of about three kilograms of body weight during each treatment, total energy loss was twice as high in the 8.5 hour group. So they were burning energy more efficiently, if you will. Basically, study participants defended their energy balance more vigorously. They conserved energy, dense fat at at the expense of a greater loss of lean body mass when they did not get enough sleep. That's bad. That's bad news. In addition, the people in the lower sleep group perceived greater hunger and had higher ghrelin levels. So remember from last week's podcast about, I talked about ghrelin briefly, ghrelin makes you hungry and it makes you hoard fat. So we do not want higher ghrelin levels. When you think of, to remember the ghrelin leptin thing, ghrelin think grr, think of your stomach going grr, it's growling. Ghrelin growls, makes your stomach growl. That's how I remember it. Um, Given that higher ghrelin concentration may facilitate the retention of fat and increased hunger, it could compromise adherence to a caloric restriction. So you can see how insufficient sleep can totally sabotage anybody's best weight loss efforts. It's just a disaster. Another study took this one step further and they found that among 245 women enrolled in a six-month weight loss program, so not a huge amount of, of subjects, but Better subjective sleep quality increased the likelihood of successful weight loss by 33%. That's big, as did sleeping more than seven hours a night. So what's the magic amount of sleep? I usually tell people it's between six and eight hours. And the cool thing about this aura ring is you might be in bed for seven and a half, eight hours and you think you were sleeping and it'll tell you that you might have been awake for several bouts of time. And so it gives you your total sleep hours versus what you were in bed for. Another study investigated whether favorable change in sleep duration over six years, they did a six-year follow-up, could affect objective indicators of adiposity in adults. That's adiposity is fatness. They looked at sleep duration. They compared folks who slept less than six hours a night compared to people who slept seven to eight hours a night over six years. And what they saw was that shifting sleep duration from a shorter to a healthier, longer amount of time is associated with an attenuated gain in fat mass, meaning it stopped or slowed fat gain of about five pounds. So six years, five pounds, that's a pound a year. You keep on that trajectory, that's going to add up, right? This is why I'm such a proponent of getting those first five to 10 pounds off as quickly as possible and not letting it add up and not waiting until people are 20, 30, 40 pounds overweight before we intervene, right? But getting just a few hours more sleep a night might be the ticket. And I will tell you for myself personally, I definitely gain weight when I'm not getting good sleep. It, it, it happens like that. The immediately I get belly fat, immediately. Immediately I get fluffier around my midsection. My waist circumference increases usually about a half inch within weeks of my sleep being disrupted, whether it's from stress or hormones or sickness or whatever. 
Unhealthy sleep patterns spike cortisol, which promotes weight gain. I talked about that last week on the podcast, and it leads to lower levels of leptin. We want adequate levels of leptin and we don't want leptin insensitivity in the brain, right? I talked about this last week. Go listen to the podcast from last week. Remember, cortisol is the enemy of leptin. Cortisol and leptin, not friends. Your cortisol cranks, your leptin drops. Leptin tells you you're full. Ghrelin tells you you're hungry. Cortisol screws everything up if it's too high. And then we know from multiple studies that poor sleep is associated with increased oxidative stress, which leads to inflammation, premature aging, all of that. It definitely, definitely impacts our metabolic health and our insulin resistance, or I should say our insulin sensitivity. We have multiple studies showing that disruptions in sleep, even as short as a few days, will put you into a transient insulin resistant state. So the carbohydrates you're eating during that period are not gonna be utilized or any of the food you're eating during that period is not gonna be utilized as well and is gonna be more prone to fat deposition during that time of that insulin resistant state. And if you keep that up, you're going to become insulin resistant. And so I argue in closing here that much of the insulin resistance and metabolic dysfunction you hear me talk about at length on this podcast might have everything to do with people's sleep disruption and less to do with, are they doing everything perfectly during the day? We're so hyper-focused on doing everything perfectly during the day and very few people are really honoring their sleep and making it a priority because again, sleep is everything. So I hope this was helpful. I have a sleep guide that you guys can grab. It's inside my metabolic revamp toolkit, which I've updated for 2024. It's a really awesome bundle of cheat sheets, ebook, recipe guide. There's uh, an hour-long talk all about leptin and cortisol and hormones and metabolic health that you'll want to listen to in there. All of that is... I mean, there's there's so many goodies in there. I can't even list them all off. I made it really robust because I want it to be the place for people to go who are hearing me talk about metabolic health and they're hearing about it on social media and they're like, what is this? And how do I get started to understand this? And how do I get started in improving my metabolic health? That is why I created the Metabolic Revamp Toolkit. So I'll make sure that is linked in the show notes as well. It's a wonderful... Um, it's a wonderful resource. So with that, I will bid you adieu. Thank you so much for listening in on this episode of the Dr. Tina Show. If you liked this show, please go to your favorite podcast player. We like Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you're notified when we release a new episode each week. And then we are just more recently releasing shorter episodes called The Quick and Dirty every other week. So with that, I will bid you adieu. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to The Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. 
Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.